Okay, it is Wednesday, the, excuse me, the 12th, and uh, just a few more days for Christmas. Hallelujah, and it's over. Okay, um, today, you know, as, as you saw in the email, we're going to talk, uh, David's going to bring up what, uh, unfortunately, he couldn't make it to his own call Saturday about due process, and um you know, and process, due process is the, you know, I just want to give my opening thing about it is it's an opportunity to be noticed and an opportunity to be heard. But it goes deeper in that, but that seems like the way the courts are literally practicing due process. They give you a notice. Great. Now you have the opportunity to be heard. And it reminds me of a judge back in the in the uh, 60s and early 70s down in Broward County, Florida, Fort Lauderdale. He was one of the most outlandish judges ever. I mean, this guy was a total jerk and a criminal. And when a guy was in front of them, you know, everything would present his case and and now the the uh the guy uh the defendant I guess you will will say, you know, the judge will say, All right, you have anything to say? It's right to be heard, right? And as the guy started to speak, the judge used to spin his chair around and look at the wall while the guy was talking. And then when he was done, he would turn around and say, okay, four years, two years, or whatever. And it seems like that's what it is today. You have a right to be heard, but who's who's listening, you know? Who cares? And um, you, bring up, you bring up law, you bring up fact, they ignore it. So... I'm sure Dave's going to have something to say about that because we all know the courts are crooked. In fact, I have one guy who constantly says, you know, why take a place of a defendant? You know, why why you always fight statutes and uh and case law? It means nothing. And and I can feel I can feel his pain because they really don't. And uh and yet, you know, these People that have the comments like that will have offers such as uh, the guy just got 10 years doing, you know, um, Shroud. Yeah, uh, uh, Shroud. Uh, what's his first name? Winston. Winston. Yeah, Winston Shroud. Um, you know, he didn't take a position as the defendant, you know, and uh, he he took himself as a creditor. Hey, I'm the creditor and I'll pay. And, you know, he could be right as right. I'm not going to judge the guy if he's uh, a lunatic or not, if he's right or wrong. It's it's indifferent to me. The the problems I have with people like this over the years, and believe me, I practice it. I went for it. I did the you know acceptance for value. I'm not ju- I'm not sitting here criticizing something that I didn't do. I did it. I did it. And it went nowhere. I did the promissory notes. I did. I did everything, and um, and to the full extent. 
and it went nowhere until I took my presentation of Dave's material to the grand jury. And and I will admit, I had the grand jury between me and the court proceedings, okay? The grand jury had to indict me. But when I changed, I went in there as a defendant, and then I came out as a complainant. And that's where I think we can all make a difference, even in even in civil cases is a rule that if you do not come up with a counterclaim, the way I read this, the way I understand this, if you don't make a counterclaim, you lost. You lost from the get-go. You have to do a counterclaim. They got to hear why this guy's claim is irrelevant or frivolous or wrong. And so there is a due process, I guess you could say, in in you know in the rules but to me due process should be you need to be you need when they charge you with something they need to have every element of the crime every element element of the contract if they're civil okay so um and and they don't so I'd like to turn this over to Dave. Uh, and for those who are new on the call, I know we got a lot of new pe- people who joined the list, and I'd like to welcome those new ones. Uh, the the videos uh, uh, appearing now seem to be going viral, which is great. And uh, and, and we got several people who just joined the list. I just want to tell you. I, I went in front of a grand jury. The video's in there at uh, on the website. Uh, the guy, you know, something about the grand jury. But I went in front of them in 2007. I, um, I used Dave's material, the memorandum of law, the criminal complaint that I joined and sent to Congress. I sent it to all the judges in my alleged district, federal district of the state of Florida. And... And um, they can't, no, nobody can, couldn't say I didn't have a good faith belief. But when I went in front of the grand jury, I, I took that good faith belief and said, look, if I can prove what they can't prove, and I can prove they can't prove it, I want you to indict them for, you know, and I list a, a bunch of crimes that came right out of the complaint. And I haven't heard from the from the grand jury since then. Not to say I haven't heard from the IRS. I don't think they'll ever give up. And and um, and and I have a solution for that, I think, too, uh, which I'll bring up after the call. Anyhow, I'd like to introduce David Maryland. Dave, take it away, please. Thank you. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the American Liberties Call, December 12th. 2018. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. And we just got three and a half years of proof in litigation, and this is the next step. Uh, you want to go to takefromcaesar.us. 
It will instruct you to learn everything at wevgov.com first and to watch the videos on my YouTube channel, Take From Caesar. And here's your proof. I'm talking about the chat window here on TalkShoe. <clears throat> Some of their improvements look pretty nice. Um, the one I just pasted in, wevgov.com slash fourth, capital O, small R-T-H. That's a, an exchange of briefs on the Seventh Circuit with the government's top tax attorney, Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Richard E. Zuckerman, in charge of the tax division of the DOJ, civil and criminal. And I clubbed him like salmon in a shallow stream with arguments, statutory arguments that they've had for over 25 years. They still don't have a briefing against them. Look at the appellate brief that was filed, very specific arguments, citing specific relevant uh, controlling provisions, statutory definitions and stuff, and how utterly unable in the DOJ's brief, uh, you want to read that uh, to see that arguments they've had for 25 years, they don't cite cases that discuss the provisions cited in the arguments and they've had it for over 25 years. They don't have an argument against my statutory uh, view of the tax code. And when you read those specific issues, uh, number one, it's obvious there's an orgy of evidence that Social Security has never been written to apply to citizens of the United States. It's irrefutable. The government couldn't even mention those provisions that I used in my argument, that I've been using in the argument since 1993. This is all very old stuff. But the new efforts <clears throat> and the track record of uh, futility, going back to five trips to the Supreme Court by October of 98, I wrote all those. And uh, with this last three and a half years, Docket numbers, uh, two civil suits in South Carolina, two in South Dakota, tax court uh, reservation on in Indiana. That was appealed to the Seventh Circuit where the issues were raised. You can read the briefs right there. He was penalized $4,000, and the government can't even talk about the law when in every other case on the planet, we get into the law first, and if the language of the statute is plain, then our inquiry is over because we're just judges and we have to go by the law. In every other case, until you find tax provisions that protect you, and then all that precedent flies out the window. That's what that does. So um, with all this having been reproven, rehashed in the last three and a half years, uh, an appeal on the Seventh Circuit, Ninth Circuit, and Eleventh Circuit, all three of those to the Supreme Court, all three denied. <clears throat> you see that the courts simply will not discuss these provisions. And we're talking about the statutory definition of citizen in Social Security chapters. 
I want to know how that's me because I got a bunch of Supreme Court cases that say a statutory definition is all there is. If you're not within the definition, you're without that particular statute or that chapter possibly, whatever the definition seeks to apply itself to. Getting back to, uh, and this is really the track I'm on, is due process. Uh, Chris's intro, I've heard, and I have not verified, that Justice Scalia said due process is court rule. And that sounds like a profoundly simplified uh, offering when you consider how complex uh, Chris's offering was. And he's not a Supreme Court justice. What is in that? A Supreme Court justice, one of our best, can keep it profoundly simple. Court rules is where fact meets law. When the law has to be applied to fact, court rules govern, don't they? (laughs) So due process is uh, making sure our system of law, based on common law, and mostly codified is in harmony with um, not having to talk to you about something. It could be minuscule. Hey, we're the homeowners association and we're taking you to the cleaners for putting that tree in your front yard. Or we're the IRS and we're after your money. Before they can do that, you get court rules. They have to issue a notice of deficiency, which is your ticket to tax court. There. First things first, court rules. So Scalia was right. <clears throat> when you take all that that encompasses, and uh, you can't do that until you've done a lot of studying. I've met and spoke with a lot of people who haven't done a lot of studying, and they can't take a lot into consideration because they haven't studied a lot. I've studied a lot. I've read easily over 4,500 federal decisions, uh, almost exclusively appellate and Supreme Court, not district court level. And uh, you get more and more flavor for what due process is in a myriad of instances like an eviction or um, a levy of a paycheck by the private party that won in small claims court against you or um, the appliance dealership having to take you to court because they can't find you and you got a washing machine they want to repossess and they need payment for or the car dealership okay there's a lot of reasons <coughs> pardon a lot of reasons you might find yourself uh, in a situation where you have to figure out your rights and one of the best ways to do that is to hire an attorney for at least a best and worst case scenario. Pay him for a conference. I want a couple hours with you, and I'll pay you for it. <clears throat> so uh, you get somebody to speak to you about something that's right on the in the front of their mind. They can immediately draw it up and say, "Well, here's the checklist of things you want to make sure the bases you covered." Because uh, it doesn't sound like you were served properly with the lawsuit, but they just go ahead and serve you again, and then. Uh, this loss, this particular law firm that's suing you represents all the landlords in the county that want to evict somebody. And so uh, uh, the courts really side with the landowner most of the time. And uh, with my recommendations, take that into account is that 
the grass lays a certain way here in this county, and I'm aware of which way it lays, fair or otherwise, it's the, the fact of the matter. And they'll tell you whether or not you have a case, whether or not you have a defense. <clears throat> and uh, then I would go to case law. Uh, give, me a, give me the name of a couple of cases that you've handled and won. And they'll give you a couple of cases. Go look up those cases. Find those pleadings and look at their motion for summary judgment. Look at their answer to the civil complaint. Uh, look, up the, look up the cases they cite in their memorandum. And uh, that's a great start. Uh, the search engines for case law are very sophisticated these days. And so anyway, <clears throat> in evictions, you're going to find wrongful evictions. I want to study a bunch of those. I want to learn what the landlord can't do if that's what I face. And so uh, flavor for due process in the instance of an eviction, <clears throat> there's going to be a couple of fundamental tenets that are common with a lien or levy. You know, you get due process, and that means uh, right to be heard. Simon versus Kraft is a Supreme Court precedent uh, that articulates at length the right to uh, prior notice and opportunity to be heard. Simon versus Kraft. I'm curious, is that in the 1950s? Just a second here. I'm going to scholar.google.com. Click on case law, federal courts, Simon versus Kraft. And search. 1901. Uh, Simon versus Kraft. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and paste this link to scholar.google that you can follow to the case in the chat here. There you go. Simon versus Kraft. Of course, there's going to be a myriad of case law following that. Notice of uh, right to be heard. Prior notice and opportunity to be heard. Simon versus Kraft is in some of my earliest studies. Now, what we're getting here to uh, getting to here is the uh, due process, and all of this litigation and the fact I argue only statutory interpretation. Uh, the, the primary um, quest in any proceeding, the court looks at the law first. Tax law, well, we're not going to do it with tax law because I found a bunch of protections. They can't even deny this might be an old story to a few of you on the call, Skagit Mike, we go way back, and others, T. Darling, welcome. <clears throat> but uh, moving forward, uh, you move forward first with your thinking. You never act without thinking. Uh, dividends flow from taking your time. <laughs> when the prosecution gets the court to run at the prosecution speed, your rights run right out the door. The first thing you do is slow the proceedings down to a halt. And uh, bill of particulars, um, uh, discovery, motion for uh, minute orders on parameters of discovery under local rules, uh, a bunch of standing stuff that they'll have to provide for you. And um, also, uh, 
especially in a tax case, I need a public defender. <clears throat> so uh, get me a public defender and don't get me one that has no experience whatsoever with uh, tax code section 83. It explains how to tax the workforce. I expect, not what I expect, pardon me just a second. <coughs> what I'm entitled to. Uh, counsel at public expense is effective counsel at public expense. Counsel must be effective. And if they don't have a clue about the tax code statute that explains how to tax the entire workforce, they're just not for me, Your Honor. They look right at 3121E, and they aren't willing to argue that that's not my citizenship. What a derelict. Of course, the courts don't like you to argue like that when it's plain language of the statute, and I got 500 Supreme Court cases over here that say statute is clear, our inquiry is over. It's law first. So uh, that all flies out the door. We can prove it now, and uh, especially now that Richard E. Zuckerman has written a response brief in a civil action in South Carolina uh, that I was not a part of, that lawsuit for a refund. The, um, he wrote a response in U.S. tax court in Texas. What is the top man at the DOJ doing writing briefs in tax court? And uh, then the uh, exchange of briefs at wevgov.com slash ORTH, O-R-T-H, with a capital O. <clears throat> so we've got the attention of the top guy, and we got nothing out of him. Uh, you ever had a pop machine that did not dispense your Pepsi? What do you do to that pop machine? You grab it and you kick it in the crotch with cowboy boots until it gives you your Pepsi. And uh, that's what we just did with Richard Zuckerman. He can't perform. He's got an oath of office. Top guy at the DOJ, he has to know everything about the statute that governs how to tax the workforce. He can't talk about it. The definition of citizen in different places. Does this regulation deviate from statute? He didn't even mention those provisions. So when the government does that poorly and the courts so willingly uh, perform uh, derelictions this grand, uh, to just set aside 100 Supreme Court cases and federal appellate cases that say uh, the law can't be understood by the individual of ordinary intelligence employed for vagueness. Uh, the tax must be imposed by clear and unequivocal language where the construction of the tax law is doubtful. The doubt is to be resolved in favor of whom upon which the tax is sought to be laid. Uh, you can't be forced to... Okay. It is a fundamental tenet of due process that you can't be forced to speculate as to the meaning of penal statute. And I think that was a uh, Supreme Court case, Papa Christu. It might have been Lanzetta. <clears throat> Write this down, everybody. It's course material for today. Due process and the individual of average intelligence. The top man at the DOJ can't even talk about it. And you want Joe Lunchbucket to comply with the law? Really? Can you hear how a fundamental tenet of due process was just triggered? 
The government can't talk about governing statutes, and yet it will send you to prison for violating them when they won't even rule on who's in compliance with Section 83, the government or me. They won't even rule on it. <clears throat> so, no, it's not imposed by clear language. Uh, no, the tax man has failed to put his finger on the law that imposes the tax. Um, I have to speculate as to the meaning of penal statutes. It triggers all these expressions of due process. And understand, in uh, Lanzetta, that case I just cited, I'm going back to Google. Um, this, is, this bothers me here. Uh, I'm going to get a document with that in. I want to clear that up for you. It's either Lanzetta or Papa Christu. And I'm looking for my miscellaneous documents folder. Okay. Uh, let's see. Miscellaneous documents. Um, let's see. I know what I can do. Search desktop for this. Okay, went right to it. Now, fundamental tenet. Find in this Word document I've got open, tenet. <clears throat> Footnote 29 will give me the case on that. It's an expression of rights to due process. Under the law, you have a right to be certain, uh, you, you have a right to expect to be treated certain ways so that you know what you can't do and what you can do. I look at the law, it says any money or property paid is your cost. That includes labor, no it doesn't. Uh, an unwritten exception just screwed me. Oh, I had this all wrong, that's United States versus Batchelder. <clears throat> uh, oh, but it's quoting Lanzetta versus New Jersey. It is a fundamental tenet of due process <clears throat> that no one may be required at peril of life, liberty, or property to speculate as to the meaning of penal statutes. Have I failed to file? Have I failed to pay? I don't know. The government won't talk about the law. <clears throat> a criminal statute is therefore invalid if it fails to give a person of ordinary intelligence fair notice that his contemplated conduct is forbidden. Citing, among others, Papa Christu versus Jacksonville. These are all great reads. They're all in Take from Caesar, Volume 1. You'll find my materials on wevgov.com. So uh, expressions of due process, expressions of what you have a right to expect under the law when the law is being applied to your facts, that's due process in your in your perception of the society in which you live. You perceive due process to be what I'm entitled to under the law. There. And when you get to court, you have a right to expect that. Except in tax cases. All the precedent in the world was just set aside for three and a half years in civil suit after civil suit after civil suit. We aren't going to talk about it. Moving forward, take from Caesar.us. It's about this judicial misconduct and uh, broadening the approach to criminal investigations. 
uh, broadening the approach to proving in advance of any criminal investigation that they could never get a guilty verdict. <clears throat> now that we've got them dialed in so tight, here comes the document I wanted you to write down the address of. It's all lowercase, no spaces. wevgov.com slash. Don't put it in the chat, please, because it's going to go away after the show. wevgov.com slash. AVG for average, IQ for intelligence quotient, dot doc, AVGIQ dot doc. That's a compilation of cases that say the law has to be written in a way that the individual of ordinary intelligence can understand it. And uh, there's only a few cases. Uh, let's see. It's only 548 pages long, so you're going to get you're going to get a full width of average intelligence as you uh, you press Control F on your keyboard for find Control F and type in the word key in brackets, and it'll take you from case to case to case to case to case everywhere. Uh, the term average intelligence is mentioned. Look at the first thing in the document. It says search of average intelligence or search key in brackets. And it'll take you from one mention of that phrase to the next mention to the next mention to the next mention. And it's, it's having gone through all of these cases myself, those are the places I felt were most poignant for the purposes of understanding uh, the maxim that the law has to be written for the average individual. You're welcome. 550 pages of case law on the individual's ordinary intelligence has to be able to understand the law. Well, the law is a secret. We won't talk about it. The government's best is out of words. He can't talk. Cat got his tongue. Can't even talk about it. <laughs> and the due process issue, I hope, to uh, graft on to that situation we just reproved is how can America be great if it sends people to prison under law the government can't even talk about? <clears throat> uh, wevgov.com, Chris, slash average IQ. It's A-V-G-I-Q dot doc. <clears throat> AVGIQ dot dot. So listen, you don't what you don't hear me doing is playing defense. That's that's the big takeaway here is that due process has become something else because the law protects you. They don't have the law on their side, and so their memorandums don't constitute sufficient proof of a liability. Do they? There, checkmate. The law has to be in evidence. Don't cite against me any case where Section 83 wasn't in evidence. Statute, it can be evidence also. Uh, Brown and Williamson versus FDA, Supreme Court, 2001-2000. The FDA was sued by Brown and Williamson Tobacco Company, and they said uh, all your authority comes from regulation alone. You got no authority under the Food and Drug Act to regulate tobacco. 
And there's a segment of the decision called intrinsic evidence, where the Supreme Court gets into the statutes and regulations. <clears throat> so um, my evidence is Section 83, and it's implementing regulations in all relevant statutes. That's my evidence. It's in my briefing. And they file a memorandum with no evidence to the contrary, and I lose time after time after time. Wow. Really, some instances of flagrant griping occurred in the Indiana U.S. tax court petition where he reserved the issues for appeal saying, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to argue the law in tax court. You'll penalize me. The law is off limits. The IRS didn't even deny it, and neither did tax court. And so he was calling it things other than a court in his petition. He was flagrant in his petition. I think that petition is on the uh, vvgov.com slash fourth page um, in the uh, FBI complaint, and you'll see how flagrant he was. Still, they won't talk about the law. While much is made about the secrecy, not calling it fraud, even though silence is fraud. I didn't go there. Uh, the Patriot, that's for the Patriot movement. All I need to do is pound on them with Supreme Court precedent that says statute is first. <clears throat> it's not going to work when they want your money. When they want your liberty, though, you want to be on record with a bunch of this, or with a statement that says, you know, uh, I read the exchange of briefs in the Orth case on the Seventh Circuit, and I'm more convinced than ever that you're stealing every penny you get from us. I don't believe for one minute I have ever received a penny of gross income. When you're on record with that, and maybe even an inquiry to the IRS Criminal Investigations Division, hey, I have this particular record built with you. Uh, if that's not enough to convince you that I'm innocent of tax evasion and failure to file because I don't believe I have a duty, uh, please instruct me, and I'll provide it, because I don't believe. <clears throat> That's how it's done. Uh, L.T. Oates, who's not on the call today. Oh, there he is right there. Uh, he killed his IRS criminal investigation three and a half years ago using this approach. So uh, it's nothing new, and it's worked several times, uh, probably over a dozen for people who were uh, facing criminal investigation or possible grand jury investigation, or they were on a path of getting just the right notices from the IRS so you know they're headed towards uh, an indictment. And nothing happened in at least a dozen of those instances. Chris went before the grand jury in January of 07 and went on the attacks and, you know, they want exemplars. They brought me in here on contempt charges, Your Honor, in front, uh, for the grand jury. I'll give them all the handwriting exemplars they want, but I filed a criminal complaint, and, and uh, rather than talk about it, you see, we become complicit. And he says it was like you threw cold water on her. How many times have you heard somebody say a judge looked like you threw cold water on him? Only a few. And I'm the only one to do it with just tax statute about their conduct, not about mine. I receive fair market value. That's legal. I sold my services. That's legal. Get to the part where you got a job, servant breath. I don't see any gross income here. 
how does Section 83 operate? And they just go, frivolous. Well, I want you to sign a piece of paper that says I'm not willful right here, right now. I'm not going to guess as to whether or not you get an indictment. <clears throat> no one can take you that close to an offense. They just shut off all conversation, but it does work toward deterring an indictment or a criminal investigation. I can say that much. So, um, trying to keep people out of prison is the next step since you can't get a decision in court about how the law operates. Uh, willful dereliction and the obvious setting aside of, you know, what do you want? 50 or 100 cases about clear language, void for vagueness, can't force me to speculate, they're, they're out there. And uh, I found a host of them that I like to cite. Go study a bunch more of them. Um, the key case for rights to counsel, or I'm sorry, um, uh, void for vagueness, uh, this is the one I like most, Lanzetta versus New Jersey, and it's been cited a bunch of times. So if you just did a search for Lanzetta versus New Jersey, you're going to come up with tons of Supreme Court cases on exactly that topic. Into the chat, there's the link to the Lanzetta case, which was 1939. <clears throat> so you got a bunch of great cases on clear language, void for vagueness, can't be forced to speculate. Um, and then more specifically, tax cases. Write this down, wevgov.com slash, just like you did before, wevgov.com slash Kreitzer dot doc, small, uh, lowercase, no spaces, C-R-I-T-Z-E-R, Kreitzer dot doc. There is a compilation of Kreitzer and 29 or 30 cases that cite Kreitzer. Kreitzer was a tax evasion case uh, where it was debatable whether or not the sum that this person received was includable in gross income. It wasn't about compensation for services. But the Kreitzer case has a particular quote in it that everybody uses. Where the law is vague or highly debatable, the defendant lacks the requisite intent to violate it. So I got 30, case, 30 tax cases on that notion. Uh, I think, you know, believe it, uh, all, if not all, 25, if not all, are tax cases. So I got a maxim squarely on the, uh, hit the nail on the head with that one for the purposes of tax litigation. If it's vague or highly debatable, well, I want to know if off-limits qualifies as vague or debatable under the Kreitzer annotation of 30 cases. It's ridiculous to extremes now that we've figured out protection. Of course it's going to get ridiculous to extremes. You're asking a crook to admit they're a crook. Wevgov.com slash Kreitzer dot doc, C-R-I-T-Z-E-R dot doc. So um, the next step is tightening it up with Kreitzer ahead of time 
to just put cram a document with all kinds of this fairness uh, language about tax cases and so forth. Cite all those cases, get them on record, uh, in your record. And this is not legal advice, but I see an advantage to ha uh, having done so to build your record with all of this and uh, let them know that I'm going to verify that link. Hold on just a second. Let them know that here's my record, and I think I'm innocent, and so uh, I need you to back off or uh, tell me what I need to do. The address I gave you is correct. It's all lowercase, no spaces, vvgov.com slash doc. Oh, C-R-I-T-Z-E-R. I probably forgot to put the T in there. C-R-I-T-Z-E-R. <clears throat> so in advance, with all of this litigation of the past three years, uh, I'm going to draw up a summary of the litigation and uh, put it all in one place with the annotations on fair uh, uh, void for vagueness, clear language, so forth, and uh, start injecting that into certain proceedings to try to um, avert criminal action. Because now we got a boatload of it, of the government's laundry. $4,000 penalty for a frivolous appeal when the government didn't even have to mention the provisions relied upon. Wow. Uh, that's something else. Now, and all of this is the due process right of any tax litigant, civil or criminal. We can only make progress in criminal cases because there are still juries in criminal cases. But in civil cases, it's all government. You're going to lose every time. <laughs> so uh, just don't even try. Uh, look at all the trying we just did. And I'll point back to um, now... Uh, on my wevdev.com federal income taxation page, there's a link at the top to the Pete Hendrickson book review. In the book review, and it's hard to call it a book, <clears throat> you know, but um, there's a blog post from markstevens.net where uh, folks say, you know, I got into the Pete Henderson thing with my wife. She got hit with seven, and I got hit with seven penalties, $5,000 each. We're $70,000 in debt and have to live in a hotel. And only one of us has a job. If we lose that job, we lose everything. Mark Stevens, on another uh, blog, or maybe it's an article on his website or whatever, he celebrates that he, uh, after six years of working with this woman, he finally got the levy off of her paycheck. Six years. And yet they're still out there teaching there's something you can do with the IRS. The statute that explains how to tax the workforce is kept off limits under threat of sanctions. And you think they're going to listen to something the Patriot Movement thinks up when they haven't done one-tenth of the work I've done? Nowhere close. There's nobody close. I look around. I hear stories. 
my own students say, you know, I went back and I started listening to you about six or seven months ago, and I went back and watched the videos that I used to listen to, and those people are lost. Somebody that studies me just for a few months can see the difference. Is that all these people are uh, taking stabs in the dark at something they don't understand. I'm over here going, excuse me, but the law hasn't operated. Here's my brief, and the government's best. Oh, he's good for nothing. He can't even talk to you about the law. Well, don't they have to have an interpretation of the law? They're charged with enforcing it. Don't they have to have an interpretation of it? No. Why? Because it protects you. That was just proven, reproven, reproved over the last three years. So we are at this juncture. We're solidly within all those cases and the fundamental tenets of due process. <clears throat> it's Kreitzer dot doc. And uh, it's not a C-R-I, first off, lowercase c, C-R-I-T-Z-E-R dot D-O-C. And I just verified that it's on the web. Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and try slash C-R-I-T-Z-E-R dot doc. And it asked me where I want to download it to. So it's on there. So, well, I have all these due process rights, but I have to have a jury involved to access those rights, which limits my efforts to criminal cases. And this is a uh, this is a uh, a framework of due process regarding the language of the law. It's not regarding, uh, hey, the, uh, the prosecutor can't say that in front of the jury. Violates my rights to due process because that's on a different case and that's irrelevant to this case. Um, or let me see, you're taking me to this hearing and you haven't appointed a counsel yet. Violates my rights to counsel and to due process. <laughs> and bingo. So we're squarely within all of these maxims specifically regarding tax law. We're right on the money. Tax law, void for vagueness, speculated to the meaning of penal statutes, void or highly de- uh, vague or highly debatable. We're right in the wheelhouse of all of these expressions that you find in a hundred Supreme Court cases. And the best you can do is keep somebody out of prison with it because the judiciary, every judge is as corrupt as the day is long. They aren't judges. They're crime lords. We don't have a court system. We have J-crime. So that's what Take from Caesar is about, is moving forward to try to prevent uh, criminal activity on the part of the government, false indictments of people that don't believe they have a duty and we have a boatload of evidence now. Now, uh, in closing, my YouTube channel is Dynamite. Take from Caesar. Uh, there's, a, there's a law library of offense in just my YouTube channel. There's that link again, <clears throat> wevgov.com. Those are the basics. Those provide the basis for the offense. 
the products on wevgov.com are unique and offensive. I don't play defense. I want the government backing up the whole time, and I found out enough about the law to do it in most instances. If you're burglarizing homes or breaking legs, I got nothing for you. But if they're after your money, man, there's a lot of times where they really got to turn around and walk away. <clears throat> if they use the mail to get it, that makes it mail fraud. If you don't owe the money and you can prove it by law, and they should have known, don't allow them ignorance of the law slack. File a criminal complaint against them and ask them when it would be convenient to arrest them. On wevgov.com, there's a citizen's arrest page. And when you start talking like that to public servants, they have less to say, I promise you. You want to hear a short traffic stop I was in? I pulled off of the road after uh, I I drove past a uh, right-hand turn. I was going straight. But here, coming up to the right-hand turn on my right-hand side was a sheriff's car. And so up the road a piece, I took a driveway into the woods and waited about 10 minutes, came back out that driveway and kept on my way. He went up the road and waited for me and pulled me over because I avoided him. <clears throat> so he, he's in my rear view, uh, my uh, driver's side mirror, walking up to the car. And uh, can I see your license and registration, please? I said, uh, you know, what seems to be the problem? He goes, you avoided me. I said, really? Who wouldn't avoid you? Look at you. But what law did I violate when I avoided you? And he called me in. They said, you're free to go. I had an expired trip permit in the rear window, no driver's license, no insurance, (laughs) no license plate. You're free to go. Because I knew he pulled me over without a valid reason. There's no law that prohibits me avoiding him. I said, who wouldn't avoid you? Look at you. This is two weeks after, done in Seattle, two weeks after a King County Sheriff, uh, his patrol car, they found the blood of a murdered drug dealer in the back seat of his patrol car. (laughs) And the drug dealer's house had been burned down. And so the first thing I told the guy, who wouldn't avoid you? Look at you. (laughs) And you're free to go. (laughs) So uh, that's due process. I'm entitled to expect that they have to have a reason to pull me over. There's no law that says I can't avoid you. Come on. Servant breath. So uh, due process in tax cases, uh, we've just hit a home run for the purposes of criminal proceedings. And uh, I don't think there's a reason in the world why somebody shouldn't take their, that second or the seventh circuit exchange of briefs and open their mouth and say, you know, I want to know why I have to pay or I want you to acknowledge I don't believe I have a duty because I, I shouldn't be indicted when you can't prove I have a legal duty that I've ever even had a duty. And uh you got a lot more to open your mouth about. There's a hand up, Chris. What do you say? 551's got a question. Okay, hold on. Let me uh, get my headset back on. Okay, let's see. Um, on just a second. Yeah, all right. <coughs> <coughs> 
right. Uh, five, is it 540's got your hands up? Yeah. 551. Okay. Go ahead. Hi, I'm on the air. Yeah, welcome. Well, I must be Who from the Stone it? Age. I must Who be from it? the Stone Age. Oh. Got a question? Okay. Um, wow. So the... Uh, so the due process question, I read to you the quote from Lanzetta that says is a fundamental uh, tenet of due process that no one uh, may be required at peril of life, liberty, or property to speculate as to the meaning of penal statute. Ten a fundamental tenet of due process. I have the right to know what to expect by reading the law, not by reading IRS publications. That's not the choice a lot of people make, and look where it gets them. Um, I have offense. They're stealing my money. I can prove it. They can't deny it. Launch. <laughs> so uh, you just don't find offense out there anywhere. The movement is the pack of apes that I accuse it of being on the homepage of takefromcaesar.us. I'm not quiet about it. People go to prison because of that crap. Winston Shrout learned what got him in prison from other people. In, uh, so he's a, he's a moron after the fact. <laughs> but he became a co-moron and issued $100 trillion worth of international bills of exchange. Prison, 10 years. 70-year-old going to prison for 10 years. Wow, that's hard to defend. It's a lot easier to defend, excuse me, but I complied with the law when I didn't pay this. I don't owe it. The law has not operated. You can't even talk about it. You got a brief from the t government's top attorney over here, this toilet paper at best. That's a person that just made points on their side of the scoreboard. And uh, that's the next step is to accumulate all this this garbage over the last three and a half years and throw it right back in the government's face in a form that uh, might help people avoid criminal uh, investigation or in fact indictment it might even get somebody out of prison who knows anyway uh, that's about an hour that's all my voice can take today uh, over to you Chris and uh, thanks everybody for joining the call and uh, tell everybody you know, everybody you have in your circles about my uh, Take From Caesar YouTube channel and recommend my materials if that's something you feel is warranted. And thank you, J.A. Over to you, Chris. Take care, everybody. Okay. I'd like to make a, one announcement is that uh, people that are using my email address at uh, CFR, excuse me, CFL.RR.com, that ends with that, don't use that. Use AmericanLiberties.LLC at Gmail or Chris. I'm typing it into the chat. Or Chris at AmericanLiberties.Club. And um, I do have a website up, you know, a website that I don't really promote, but uh, <laughs> it's there. Um the uh and and the other thing is noble eight um tomorrow uh tomorrow morning 
Thursday morning, we just got an email updating us that we can now take on new sign-ups to purchase your first course, and you will immediately get it, and everything's going. And very soon hereafter, uh, we will start to uh, get paid. And that's a good thing. And a lot of us um, have been working this for over a year has got a lot um, a lot of rewards coming, let's put it that way. But I would like to encourage you to join us, not so much to make money, but for the mission, to help other people. But it will help the social injustice, the judicial social injustice, because I plan on raising a lot of money and having help doing it, Uh, Because we're at a crossroads where now we have proven, pursuant to this call tonight, we have proven the the government cannot respond. And we can take all their responses now and use it to to go after them with with a criminal indictment or, you know, or, or some other venue. But we can do something. I know we can do it. But we can't do it without participation. So if you haven't, if you don't know what Noble 8 is about, email me and I'll send you a link. It will show you two videos. There's no pressure. If you don't want in, I don't want you in. Believe me, okay? I only want people who want to roll up their sleeves and make a difference. Make a difference for this country. Make a difference to your family make a difference to the American people because I know it sounds like this, you know, one of these uh, guys on on the TV, but it's true. This is my home. This is my land. And and we need to get this country back. And uh, if it wasn't for Donald Trump exposing, if anybody exposed the corruption, we've all known about the corruption, believe me, all right? But a lot of your neighbors... We're, we're blind to it. Now, a lot of your neighbors still might want to say that they're blind, but they, you know, if, if they can see it, they can believe it. And the corruption, we're experiencing the corruption every day in our courts. We got to stop it. And it takes many of us to get together and join. Now, shortly... Once Noble Eight is up and running and we're getting paid, I'm going to have start uh, calls uh, with people who are interested in making a change. And one of the things I like to help is people like, uh, which I haven't gotten an update yet about uh, the guy in Kentucky that went to prison. I believe he's now out. I'm surprised I haven't heard from him. But I will check on that. Uh, but with that being said. Uh, just a second, Chris. Yeah. Just a second. I've just loaded a couple of uh, GIF files, .gif. And uh, these are the two. Um, write these addresses down. The question on the chat was, when did Congress create the IRS? And I'm going to give you a photograph file. Uh, wevgov.com slash 
02.gif and 03.gif. That's G-I-F. WeVGov.com slash 02.gif and 03.gif. Two different photo files. And in there you'll see it's a, uh, a scanned uh, copy of the congressional record, <clears throat> I believe, from 1862. Yeah, that's the creation of the IRS. Oh, back to you, Chris. Okay. Um, uh, Chris, I have three people want to join. Well, good, G5. Give, give me a call tomorrow, um, and I will be glad to um, help you get them signed up and, and have them talk to me so I can encourage them. So that's great. I mean, I got we got pretty close to 1,600 people under uh in in my organization that's a lot that's more than i have had in any and you know it's not because of me it's not because you know of people it's the mission of noble eight go to noble eight revolution.com and just look at our mission go through the website and see that we're helping on a global basis, um, and I guess we need to help people on a global basis. I mean, I like to take care of home first, get our home in order, and then go help the neighborhood. You know, it's hard to, when your house is a wreck, it's hard to help other people. But um, but go to, uh, yeah, give me a call, G5, tomorrow, okay? You got my number. If not, you got my email. Ask me for my number, but it's in most of all my emails, so I'm not a hard guy to contact. Um, but uh, anyhow, my my throat is uh, limited and, and, and being tired and all. I'd just like to say thank you, everybody, for coming on the call. God bless America, and this call is now officially over. Good night.